This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance, or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hello and welcome. Um, I'm feeling quite chirpy today, quite possibly because I've got two children in school, which is exciting, but um, irrelevant, I know. So today I want to talk about where the best places are or where some places are to sell your products online. Because if you're thinking of selling physical products, the chances are you've already had to think about where to sell them. And in fact, I know some people, this is something they think about right at the start, sometimes even before they thought too much about the product itself. Um, I get plenty of people contacting me who want to sell on Amazon, for example. And um, we will talk about that a bit later. So what I want to do today is cover off some of the places that you can sell your products online and talk about the pros and cons of each of them. Um, and the re- one, oh, there's a few reasons I want to do this. One is because I'm going to give you a rundown of lots of different places you can sell your products. And I might throw out some ideas um, of places that you haven't even considered before. So for example, my products at the moment and for the last... Um, little while have done really well on ebay which isn't a marketplace i ever thought about selling them um i just didn't think it would be a good fit but actually it turns out that it's doing quite well so you know you might get an idea like that and then the other reason i want to talk about some of the places you can sell is because they might or might not be a good place for your product for your brand and just for you um because each of these marketplaces while they obviously have upsides there are some downsides as well so I just want to give you a really honest overview so that you can start thinking about where which marketplace might be best for you and as I say perhaps thinking of considering some that you hadn't been thinking about already so the first marketplace I'm going to start talking about is Amazon which is obviously a huge one um as I say, I sell my products on Amazon. I get lots of inquiries and people wanting to start selling on Amazon and I help and work with a lot of Amazon sellers every day. So it seemed like the sensible one to start with. And as I say, it's a huge marketplace. So according to Google, when I looked yesterday, there are over 200 million people visiting Amazon.com every month. And you have to remember, that's huge. But that is just one of Amazon's marketplaces. Because wherever you are in the world, well, I say wherever, perhaps there are some restrictions, but 
Technically, you can also sail on all of the European sites, which now include the Netherlands and Switzerland. You can sail on Amazon Japan, Amazon China, Australia, Canada, Brazil, Mexico, India. I'm not sure how many I've listed, but there are 14 in total. So that's a lot of marketplaces. And obviously some of them, I believe, well, Singapore, that's another one I've just thought of. Um, obviously some of them are going to be bigger than others but that's a lot of marketplaces and a lot of customers that you have access to Um, so what kind of product is Amazon best for so you can sell a lot of things on Amazon although I would suggest doing your research first to check that there is actually demand and I would do your research based on the marketplace or marketplaces that you want to sell your products because obviously um, demand is going to vary on the different marketplaces so just because a product sells very well on amazon.com for example doesn't necessarily mean it will sell as well on Amazon in the UK. There are some products where competition on Amazon is really, really high, so it's going to be really hard for you to stand out, or people just wouldn't think of going to Amazon to look for those products in the first place. Um, and there, and if you're looking to sell products that fit either of those categories, I think it's a really hard place to start from. Um, if you're wanting to launch a really unique product, for example, as Amazon's driven by search results, if people don't know your product exists, they might not be searching for it. So it can be a really hard place to launch if your product is unique. That doesn't mean it's impossible because you can, um, if you do some really good keyword research, um, so you've got an understanding of the kind of things people will be searching for if they were looking for products similar to yours or if they have problems that will, you know, if you know the problems that your product solves and you have an idea of the kind of things people would be looking for, you know, if to solve that problem, you know, you, you can you can definitely still do really well on Amazon. Um, but it is quite a hard marketplace to get started on. And I personally think it's getting harder all the time, simply because there are just more and more sellers joining it every day, every week, every month. Um, and if you're planning on using Fulfilled by Amazon, so that's Amazon FBA, where Amazon store your stock for you, um, that can get expensive. It doesn't sell fast enough. So if you're not sure whether your product is an ideal fit for Amazon, but you want to sell on there, I would suggest either not using Amazon FBA and fulfilling orders yourself, which is a lot cheaper. You can set up what's called um I think I'm actually forgotten what this is called. It's basically an individual seller account where you don't pay a monthly fee and you fulfill all the orders you get there yourself. You do still pay a little fee on each item that you sell. Or I would suggest sending a small quantity of items to FBA if that's something you you definitely want to consider. Because what you don't want to do is have... um, hundreds of items in there that you can't sell and then you you basically start incurring really big fees for Amazon to store them and also you get really big fees if you want them to send them back to you. So if you're thinking of launching a product that you're not sure whether Amazon is the right fit or not, that's how I certainly would suggest you go about it. Definitely don't go all in um, if, if you know if there's a bit of a question mark. So let's talk about some of the pros of selling on Amazon. Um, Well, I guess the first one and the obvious one is it's a really large marketplace. People know Amazon, people trust Amazon. I don't know about you, but quite often if I'm looking to buy anything, it's one of the first places I go to. Depending on the product, obviously, um, there are things, as I say, more unique products. So I was looking this week for some prints to go on my son's bedroom wall and I didn't go to Amazon for that. I went to a different marketplace. I went to Not On The High Street, which we'll talk about later on, because I felt that was a better fit for the kind of thing I was looking for. But nine times out of ten, if I want to buy anything, I go to Amazon and possibly you do too. 
Another pro is that if you decide to use Amazon FBA, so that's again, that's fulfilled by Amazon where they handle the logistics. So they store your products and they ship them for you and they handle the returns. Um, okay, there is a cost to that, but it does save you time and it does save you having to figure out all the logistics by yourself. So there definitely are some benefits there. Um, Amazon also has a built-in algorithm that recommends your products to people who might be interested in them based on what they've purchased or searched for already. Um, This doesn't happen overnight, so if you're a very new seller, you're only just on there. This possibly won't happen. But what you do find with Amazon is they reward sales. So if your product's selling reasonably well, they start showing it to more people which is always nice. And um, I guess the other pro is the customers are there. So you don't need to worry about necessarily about going out to find customers. You just need to focus on the customers being able to find your product because all kinds of people shop on Amazon. So it's fairly likely that your customers, again, it all comes back to what you're selling. Depending on what you're selling, chances are your customers are shopping on Amazon. So it's, you know, it's not like you're having to you know, drive them to your website, for example. However, they do have to find your product when they get there. And then we're going to cover that now when we talk about some of the cons, some of the downsides of selling on Amazon. So I guess the first one is, is there's a bit of an art to creating an Amazon product listing. If your listing isn't well optimised for search results, um, it doesn't sell the benefits of your product rather than the features, um, it doesn't have great images, you will struggle to get found and if you'll also struggle to convert your visitors into sales. Um, I spend a lot of my time now helping Amazon sellers either write or optimise their Amazon product listings. Um, if you want any help with this, you can get in touch. It's vicky at tinychipmunk.com because writing an Amazon product listing, as I say, is a bit of an art and the quality of listings on Amazon is is getting higher. Um, there's something called Amazon A plus content now, which is where you might have seen extra images and graphics and things on listings. Um, as a seller, these are all brilliant that you can take advantage of these of these features. Um, but it does mean you have to put a lot of work into making sure yours is a listing one that gets found in the first place and two that stands out and converts visitors into sales. Um, And also, on top of all of this, you also need to ensure that the listing you create is Amazon compliant. There are lots of rules around the photography. There are lots of rules around the words you can and can't use in a listing. There are character limits, which are very strict. And these rules change constantly and often without any communication, which is, as you can imagine, pretty frustrating. Um, As I mentioned before, for some products and categories, there's a lot of competition, which can make it harder and harder to get initial sales. And the thing with Amazon is, and with a lot of marketplaces, you need sales to help with your ranking, because the more sales you make, the more Amazon likes you, because you're making them more money effectively, and the more customers you get sold, you get shown to, so you make more sales. Um, And it's, but it's really hard to get sales initially so i usually suggest when you start out paying for amazon sponsored products which is basically pay-per-click marketing um and the downside here is this can get expensive and it obviously is not guaranteed to work um it gives you a better chance of getting seen in those first weeks and months than if you don't pay for any marketing and you just hope you get found organically. I think getting found organically on Amazon as a new product where you haven't built up any sales history, any reviews is really hard. Um, so Amazon sponsored products can definitely help with that. However, it 
can get expensive and as always I'd love to be able to tell you sort of how much it costs people ask me this quite often but actually it really depends on the product that you're selling on the category you're selling in um, because the cost per click like with google shopping or any other pay-per-click facebook ads anything at all the cost per click really varies based on however many people are competing for that keyword so it's so variable um it's it's really hard to say um i would say as a ballpark you'd be wanting to spend at least five pounds a day possibly ten pounds in order to kind of really get seen in those first weeks and months which is another investment and something if you're looking to sell on amazon i think definitely something you want to be sort of building into your to your budget so speaking of of um things that are tricky not all products can be sold on amazon so I don't think there's many things you can't sell but there you know there definitely are some and there is actually a list um, buried somewhere that tells you all the products that you can and can't sell on Amazon so if you're selling something and you're, you're a bit dubious or actually will they let me sell this do check the list you also need permission to sell some products and to sell in some categories so I can't give you a definitive list here as this changes such a lot and again without much communication so I'm recording this at the beginning of October and I know that um, lots of so for example face masks are hard to sell on amazon now you need to get approval for that um hand wash certainly used to be i don't know if that's still the case um supplements are something where you need to go through some approvals um for some products it's not that you it's not like it's you're going to get a yes or a no as such it's like they want to see safety data information and um you know other information to prove that your product's safe before you can list it so there are sometimes some hoops to jump through and again I'm not saying this to put you off by any means um I just always like to be honest with you and I just want you to know what to expect and um yeah definitely don't get put off I think the thing of Amazon is and we're going to talk about this a bit now is that their systems aren't simple the seller support isn't always helpful so that's basically the customer service the people that help you if you have a problem the rules if you want to call them rules guidelines whatever often change and as I say little communication no communication and my top tip to anyone who's trying to get anywhere of Amazon is just persevere because I find it takes a lot of perseverance to get your questions answered and your issues resolved you can ask the scheduler support a question and you'll get like a what you what you can basically tell is like a copy and paste answer doesn't answer your question and you might have to send your original question in again and then you get another copy and paste answer and then you send it in a third or fourth or fifth time and finally someone's answered your question um and it it's, it sounds ridiculous doesn't it because if you've ever contacted amazon customer service as a customer i'm sure you've had great customer service well i always have i've never had a problem as a seller it's just not the same um lots of new sellers struggle with this and I am sure this is one thing that puts people off um, because as I say the system isn't always that intuitive you know you can try and add a product list in and you've got a problem so you contact seller support to find out why and you know you get an answer back that maybe doesn't make any sense to you doesn't answer your question lots of people either give up or they contact someone like me or another Amazon I want to say expert but I don't know I don't like calling myself an expert but you know what I mean they contact someone who's got experience selling on Amazon who can help them out um and there are you know there are loads of us out there that can help you if you don't fancy doing it yourself and I wouldn't blame you it's quite a lot to tackle um I've only got I've got two more cons I'm, and I'm sorry it does sound like there are a lot of cons of selling on Amazon as I say it's a great marketplace but yeah 
but there definitely are some downsides. So the fees can be quite high, um, particularly if you're doing FBA. So that will eat into your margins. That's something to factor in. There is a calculator available, um, and I will put the link to this in the show notes actually, because I think this will be helpful. Um, but if you actually if you type in FBA fee calculator, you may be able to find it, where you can use that tool to work out what the fees would be in advance before you sort of sign up and commit to anything. I think that's really useful. One thing just to consider is that they will add VAT to what you see showing up on the calculator results so just bear that in mind um, because that sometimes isn't clear and if you haven't you know, added the VAT into your calculations then um, obviously they're not going to be that accurate and then the final thing is that Amazon own the customer so what I mean by this is you don't get access to name well yes you do you can see the name of the people who bought your product but you don't get email addresses and things like that so if you're trying to build up your brands you're trying to build up your own email list that can make it a little bit more difficult um as with everything there are ways around this so I send follow-up emails to everyone who buys off me on Amazon um, a little email and Amazon do allow me to put my logo in there so that's quite good and obviously my logo is on my product as well which is good for brand recognition Um, I also put an insert inside all of my packaging which directs people to my website if they want to take a look at more of my products and I've got like a freebie which is a swaddling guide people can get hold of if they would like that and it's only available on my website um, with email sign up in the hope that you know some people buy my product on Amazon they'll like what they see they'll like the sound of getting this guide and they'll go to my website and give me their email address um obviously not everyone does but certainly I think more people do than if I wasn't offering that um but yeah you you don't get all the customer details on Amazon however and I know that I've just given you a huge list of downsides I do still say it's a good marketplace it's where I make the majority of my sales um and I do think that for some products it can, you know, it can do exceptionally well. I guess my main thing is I wouldn't want that to be the only place you sell your products. Um, just because, you know, things can go wrong. At the moment, for example, I'm experiencing an issue where I can't edit any of my product listings because some sort of internal Amazon error. It's been like that for a week. Um and obviously that's a massive inconvenience so I would and they can kick you off that's the other thing you can get your listings deactivated for various reasons um you just have a bit less control when you don't own the marketplace I've heard people say this about social media you know that it's not your own house as it were um you don't make the rules and you can get kicked off and I feel the same about selling on Amazon or any other third party marketplace if I'm honest um and that's why I always advocate for having your own website however basic it might be um on top of anywhere else that you sell and um, we'll talk about your own website a little bit later but the next marketplace i want to talk about is ebay so again ebay is a huge marketplace and there are a lot of people that shop there every day i didn't actually look at the figures for this one but you know we know it's a lot and you have much more control on ebay than you do on amazon um so what kind of products is eBay good for? I personally think it seems like anything goes. I know that you might be thinking, well, actually, it's a place for used products. But I sell, as I say, I sell new products on there and also refurbished ones, you know, ones with a box, you know, box damage and stuff that I can't sell as new. And both sell work very well on Amazon. I would always suggest researching before you decide to to sell on there not because of sort of money it doesn't actually cost anything to throw up an Amazon listing I don't think or I don't think you pay unless you sell so that's 
you know that's another that's a plus side um, but just to save you the time really so you can look at current listings to see the kind of if people have got a buy now price for listings similar to yours product similar you can see what that is you can also look up previous sold prices on ebay so you can do quite a bit of free research on there to get an idea of what the competition's like um and you can list up to 20 items a month without a fee so i think it's a good place to test out your product to see how well it sells and you might find it surprises you so while yeah i would do a bit of research before putting something on there just to make sure it's worth your time but actually you know it's it's fairly simple to set up a listing it's not going to take a huge amount of time so it might be one that is worth you just going for anyway and just seeing what happens so let's talk about the pros so the upsides of selling on ebay so the fees i think are fairly reasonable um they're certainly less than on amazon anyway although they can and do change so depending when you're listening to this they may or may not be as reasonable but um I still think they're probably fairly low. Um, There aren't that many restrictions on how you present your products, so the kind of photography you use, how you write your listing, the words you use, how you format them, things like that, um, which makes it pretty simple to get a listing up in the first place. Um, As I said before, if you don't sell your product, you don't pay anything. So yes, you might spend some time creating a listing, but you won't have spent money on it, which is good you can now this i think this is a fairly new thing anyway pay for promotions to drive traffic to your listings it's not that expensive um you self-set the percentage fee you want to pay um should you get a click from a promoted listing personally i haven't seen that many results for promotions on ebay yet i've been running them for a couple of months and i'm still getting more organic sales um but I guess that shows that that's a good thing as well. Obviously, you, you you still need to be thinking about keywords when you sell on eBay. So that's something worth mentioning. Probably not to the same extent that you do on Amazon. However, if you've done research on Amazon into product keywords and you know, you've know you got an optimised product title and description, I would just use the same text for eBay because you, you kind of already know that people are searching for those terms on Amazon. Chances are they're going to be searching for similar ones on eBay as well. And if you haven't got an Amazon listing but you're looking to sell on eBay, I would just do a little bit of research on eBay, search for some products and kind of see the words that other sellers are using for products similar to yours, what other words they're using in the title and the description that you just need to make sure you have in yours so you show up. And um, the other thing I like is since I first started selling on eBay, which was a while ago, and I'm talking now, you know, just for personal things, um, I've actually noticed that the interface has improved quite a lot. It's really easy to navigate. There's some new dashboard features, which are quite nice. Um, All in all, I think the user experience is pretty good. And in fact, there's probably even more on there than I'm aware of is on there. There's probably more you can do and more you can see. But personally, I think going on there is quite a nice experience. I've never had to contact eBay seller support or customer service. I don't know what you call them for anything related to selling on eBay. I've just found it to be quite a seamless process. And let's hope it continues that way. So talking now about the downsides of selling on eBay. So the first one is you have no control over who else is selling your products, what they're charging for them and how they represent you, your product, your brand. And I guess you could say the same, you know, you could say the same about Amazon, but I guess at least on Amazon, if someone else is selling your 
product and let's say Amazon have something called brand sellers. So for example, Tiny Chipmunk, my brand is a brand, it's a registered brand. I have a UK trademark, I'm registered as a company. If someone else tries to sell my product, I can go to Amazon and say, well, look, I haven't given anyone else permission to sell my product. Um, This is my product, you know, here's all this information and they'll kick them off. On eBay, you can't do that. So it does mean that somebody else could buy your product um they could be selling it for they you know trying to undercut you selling it cheaper than you they could be selling used versions and there's nothing you can do about it it's also harder i believe to build a brand on ebay than it is on some other platforms although you can pay for a shop um so what i mean here is i think on amazon you still have the option to make your brand quite prominent whereas if you buy something on ebay i'll be quite honest i don't know about you but I, I, I buy a little bit on eBay. I couldn't tell you the name of the seller ever. Possibly I could tell you the brand of the product if I was looking for branded products. But if not, if I was just looking for a generic product and I bought whichever one best fit the bill, I probably wouldn't know which, which brand it was. Um, which comes back to my point about why I think it's also good to have your own website. So listings expire, so you need to keep on top of them. So on some place marketplaces, you create a product listing that's there forever. That's not actually the case on eBay so you need to think about this and if you hit your listing limit which varies so basically this is the number of products you're allowed to sell in a I think it's in a month then you can't create any more listings within that month without applying for an increase and if you apply for an increase though chances are you know you'll get one um I've never had any problems there but it's just something to be aware of so next marketplace I want to talk about is Etsy So Etsy is a marketplace for handmade, originally designed vintage items and craft supplies. Although that's that's certainly the way that Etsy itself would describe the marketplace. Um, So in terms of what kind of products it's best for, Etsy is a specialised marketplace and your products have to meet, you know, a set criteria. I've definitely seen products on there, though, that aren't handmade, but are unique. So, for example, digital downloads of clothing patterns. I've seen some affirmation cards that are definitely printed. I wouldn't say they're handmade. They've also been, you know, professionally printed. However, they are unique products. Um, and I'm not sure how well the site is policed in that sense, because um, I believe it did just used to be handmade products. But given that people tend to go there looking for original products, I'd say that if your product doesn't fit that category, so if you're looking to sell something really generic that, you you know, could be on Amazon, could be on eBay, could be anywhere, um, I'd say that Etsy probably won't be the marketplace for you. Um, there are some plus points, though as there are with all marketplaces so if if you know if you're selling a product that is a good fit for etsy um so one of the plus points is that you don't need to purchase upc codes or barcodes to sell on etsy whereas on lots of other marketplaces you do need to register your products with barcodes to sell there so as it's quite a niche site lots of visitors would head there before even doing a google search if they have something specific in mind so you kind of you know as with amazon you you know the customers are are there it's just a case of them finding your product on the site so setting up on etsy is simple and it's initially free i've been told that it's a really easy platform to use to create listings edit listings and just basically to navigate um all the feedback I've had from Etsy sellers is it's a good place to be and you can sell digital products as well as physical ones and there were also integrations within Etsy so say you're selling some kind of digital download you can have it set up so 
um, customer orders, the payments taken, the downloads emailed to them, and you haven't had to touch a thing. You know, you set all of that up and it's automated. It happens for you, which is obviously a really big time saver. Of course, it takes some work to set up as these things do, but it's quite nice that once it's done, it's all automated and does it for you. So some of the downsides is that really you can only sell a very specific type of product. So, you know, this might not be the marketplace for you. Well, that's not necessarily a downside, though, but um, just a fact, I guess. Um, It's becoming quite saturated. I believe that there is a lot more competition than there was before. But then again, isn't everywhere. I think... I don't know, I know so many more people and perhaps it's just the circles I move in but I feel like I know so many more people who sell products than I did, say, five years ago um, and as I said, it might just be because of who I'm sort of engaging with but I do believe that all marketplaces are, you know, are getting new sellers at quite a high rate um, so that's not something that I, d- I believe should put you off if you've got a really good product then absolutely go for it and it can also be hard to build up brand awareness it's often people know they bought something on Etsy but they don't necessarily know who they bought it from however I have been told by Etsy sellers I don't sell on Etsy but I have been told by Etsy sellers that people do sometimes come back to give lovely feedback particularly if they've bought some sort of bespoke item and they love it they will often still come back and you know give feedback give reviews find find sellers on on Instagram so I think that that's not so much of an issue as is on some of the other marketplaces okay so next I'd like to talk about not on the high street so not on the high street is the biggest online gifting marketplace in the UK and there are more than 39 million unique visitors annually and I took that directly from their website so hopefully that's right so in terms of what kind of product it's best for um, unique and customizable products tend to do really well not on the high street says it's on the lookout for innovative and original ideas and something a little different so i actually applied to sell on not on the high street a while ago and i'll say a while ago i think it's a couple of years ago now and they turned me down on the basics that a lot of my products were well my some of my products are unique as in they're uniquely designed they wanted them all to have the option of personalization and at the time well and actually still now there's only one of my products that I can personalize with a name on there and I think so that was basically the reason that they weren't happy with it so I think if you're selling like a standard out of the box product unless it's exceptionally unique it might not be the best place for you but um I think it's a fantastic place for gift items it's certainly somewhere I go if I'm looking to buy gifts um and I think that if you're yeah if you're in the gifting sort of if your product's in the gifting arena I think that's definitely definitely somewhere to consider and so again the pros are that you can get in front of a lot of customers it's a site people have heard of it's got a lot of credibility not on the high street does a lot of marketing as well and often features different products and brands and I was about to say you don't pay for that so you don't directly pay for that but I think you might do indirectly which I'll talk about in a minute and it tries not to have too many similar products on their site so there won't be too much competition this is something that they actually state that they don't want um, hundreds of people selling a very similar product so in ter- for a seller I think that's a good thing because it means there's more there's less competition for you and more chance you'll sell out so in terms of the downsides as I mentioned a minute ago not everyone who applies to sell here will get accepted however I will say that if you apply and don't get accepted I certainly got really good feedback as to why that was the case and what I could do if I wanted to get accepted in the future um which is really positive if this is a place you think actually I really want to be on here um 
absolutely reach out and ask for feedback on what you would need to do to make your products eligible because uh, my experience was they were very happy to actually talk to me about that. Um, and the other downside is you need to pay a setup cost. The last time I checked, was it was £199 plus VAT and you pay 25% commission on every item sold. So that's quite high. That's higher than Amazon, higher than eBay, higher than a lot of places, I think. Um, so just something to bear in, in mind. Um, obviously, I don't know what kind of traffic and sales you would get from being there, but you would. I think it's something to consider sort of carefully um and something else to mention is recently i've actually found out that if you want to sell on the the high street they don't actually want you to have your products available on other marketplaces so if you were selling on amazon for example and you wanted to sell not on the high street they'd actually want you to stop so again if if you're selling on amazon and you're you were generating you know really good revenue every month you it would be a bit of a gamble so um, as I say none of this is of course ever intended to sway you or to put you off anything it's just to you know get you thinking about what might be best for you and of course these rules do can and do change as well so whenever you're looking to get started on any marketplace do go and check out you know how they're operating now what the fees are now what the requirements are now because a lot can change between me recording this and you listening um So next place I want to talk about are niche websites. So by this, I mean sites that either specialise in a certain kind of product or a certain kind of seller. For example, a niche site might be a store that sells craft supplies or it might be a marketplace for sellers who are parents, um, which is actually one that I sell on. So if there's a niche website that fits your product or fits you as a person or you as a business, then it's definitely something worth considering. Uh, The marketplace I sell on is called All By Mama. So it's a marketplace for products and services, actually, um, by parents. And I'll link over to that in the show notes in case you want to go and take a look. Um, And so there are, again, pros to this. So one is that visitors to these websites are there as they have an interest in products similar to yours. So if you are selling craft products and you join a niche marketplace that sells craft supplies, you know you already have a captive audience who want what you have to sell. The fees can be lower than on the big marketplaces, which makes it more affordable. But of course, this varies across marketplaces. So this is something you need to actually look into. Um, don't you know? I can't guarantee this will be the case. Sometimes that these marketplaces, particularly if they're for a type of seller rather than a type of product, also have like a community element to it. So as I say, all by Mama, which is one of the ones that I sell on. Um, by selling on there, you actually you can actually join a membership. So you're connected with other parents who are also selling products. And so there's a really nice community element to that as well, um, which I think has lots of benefits, which we, you know I've talked about. I have lots of guests in lots of podcast episodes, so I won't go into that again now. Um, but I do think that's a really nice benefit of selling somewhere a bit more niche. Um, and you also have a bit more access to the people running the site. So this, you know the service you receive if you have any problems that you need sorting out, I think all of that can be better than working with somewhere a bit bigger in terms of the downsides there may well be other sellers and perhaps lots of other sellers selling the same or very similar products to your own so you might need to work hard to stand out because especially if other sellers have been selling for longer than you um they might have built up a bit of credibility and some sales history that you won't necessarily have um however that's the case on lots of marketplaces and again the benefits perhaps of being on a more niche site is that 
you know, I feel like there might be less competition and you might actually be able to help each other rather than be in competition. And these marketplaces might not be as well known as some of the bigger ones I've already spoken about. So they might not be the only place you want to sell online if you're looking to get lots of traffic and sales because people might not might not necessarily be coming to these websites as often as they are to some of the bigger ones like Amazon, eBay and on High Street. However, if, as I say, because they are a bit more niche, it might be that, yes, less people are visiting them, but the people that are visiting them are, you know, they're, they're more of your ideal customer and they're actually visiting with an intent to purchase rather than just browsing. So all of this is things to look into. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is having your own website. And if you want to grow your brand, your customer base, your email list, I think having your own e-commerce site is a really good option for you. I actually think that all brands should have one, even if you think you're going to make most of your sales elsewhere. And in terms of what kind of product it's best for, well, I feel anything. I mean, it's your site, it's your domain, you have total control, which is the first um, sort of pro that I want to talk about I mean you have complete control of the look and feel of your site the content of your site the photography style of your site absolutely everything because it's yours there are lots of user-friendly e-commerce website builders that you can choose from now I actually use Shopify which I really like it was really simple to set up really easy to get it to look how I wanted it to look um, I didn't have to do any code or anything like that actually maybe I did a little bit for something but um you know there are lots of apps that integrate with it um and you can you can do a lot without having you know just by clicking buttons and filling in fields basically if you're a bit daunted by the thought of building your own site depending how you decide to fulfill your products you might find that some of the sites um the in the inventory can also integrate with other channels so amazon ebay and other marketplaces so you can control your stock from one place and um, shopify certainly does this i really like it because everything's sort of synced up you're in complete control of your cross because there are no hidden fees you're not going to pay referral fees or anything like that so you're going to set your own prices you're going to set your own shipping costs and um, you're you know you're much more in control of your margins um and of course if you want to drive more traffic to your site then you can use things such as google shopping um to do which you can't do to amazon or anything else so for example you can't set up a google shopping campaign linked to your amazon listing but you can to your to to, to a listing on your own website and equally if you don't want to have an e-commerce website but you just want to have a website with a bit of brand awareness you can link from your own website which could be a really simple even a one pager you could link through to your amazon listing you're not on the high street listing or wherever it is you want to direct people to make the actual sale so basically you're in control of everything which is nice Um, and also you own the customer details so what I mean by this is as I said before places like Amazon keep the information from you you know you're never going to get a customer's email address from Amazon but if someone buys from you on your own site you get their email address and other contact details so it's basically it's a nice way of building up your email list and your followers right so let's talk about some of the downsides of selling on your own website um so first one is if you're building a website from scratch you will have to do a bit of work to actually get traffic to your website in the first place so seo or search engine optimization is important and you will need to work hard initially to get people onto your site so whether you do that organically by seo whether you do um facebook ads or instagram ads or any you know google shopping or any kind of ads um 
to get people over there you may not have to do that but that is an option um, or you may choose to just rely on really good SEO and really good content um, but it's definitely not a case of building a website and you know hundreds of people turning up with their credit cards it just doesn't happen people have to actually be able to find you which is a little bit harder if they don't maybe know that you're there you will also have to pay for a domain and usually also a monthly fee for whatever platform you're choosing so for example if you want to use Shopify um, there are different monthly packages depending where exactly you want to sell so there's like a basic package and then they sort of tiered upwards depending on the features that you need and then of course you pay for your domain fee so for my case that's tinychipmunk.com so I pay I use GoDaddy for my hosting I pay them for that domain and then I pay Shopify a fee for actually having the, the, the actual website so just something to consider um, and setting up your own website is a bit of a commitment in terms of time and the cost um, so just that's something as I say just a factor in because presumably once you set up your own website you're going to have it forever or at least for the lifetime that you're selling your product so that you know that hosting fee whatever that is and that monthly fee for ha- or annual fee for having a website that's going to be like an ongoing cost that doesn't disappear it's not something you pay once and then you're done you're going to be paying that consistently so that's just something to bear in mind um i don't think any of these things should put you off i really think that having your own e-commerce store um or or even if you don't want an e-commerce store a very basic website with just brand information although ideally an e-commerce store i think is is you know i think you really need to have it um and i also think you need somewhere on that store or website where you can capture people's email addresses so of course you can do that at checkouts if someone buys from you you get their email address and you can sort of building up an email list and if, if you, you know you can also do as i do and offer some kind of freebie maybe it's some sort of download like my swaddling guide or perhaps it's even you know a a percentage discount if somebody buys you know signs up to your email list I do think is worth having um and I know I've been saying this a few times I'll just just briefly explain the reason I think you need an email list is so that when you launch new products or you have a sale you know you've got product you want to not get rid of but you know you want to sell off a bit quicker um or maybe you want some feedback from your customers on should i offer this product in this color or that color or whatever it might be um you've just got an audience of people that you can tell and ask and engage with and yeah of course you can do that on social media but like anything you don't own your social media platforms um you could in theory i suppose get thrown off them i don't really know if that happens hopefully it won't never happen to any of us but it could whereas your website your email list is yours and you've got complete control and I really think that's something that's important so the final um, platform or marketplace I want to talk about is selling on Facebook and Instagram um, which is one that you may or may not have considered before but if you have a business Facebook page and I this can't you can't do this on your personal site it has to be a business page um, you may or may not know that you can add a shop and you can sell your products directly on Facebook and on Instagram you can tag products into your posts and then a customer can click through to buy them on your website or wherever you want them to click through to so this basically makes Facebook and Instagram quite shoppable so in terms of what products um, this is best for, I guess most things, I think Facebook do have rules around what you can and can't sell and you can obviously go and check these out. So the plus sides for doing this is that it's free. There isn't a fee involved in doing this. There might be a, a fee involved in the actual product setup. If, for example, in my case, I have a Shopify site 
and I have to pay for a different Shopify package because I want to use Facebook shops. So basically I want my Shopify site to integrate with Facebook so I don't have to set up the Facebook shop as a separate entity. It's all tied through to my site and it all just integrates and I have to manage everything in one place, which um, I like automation if you can't tell already. And that's my one of the other pros I wanted to mention is that many e-commerce platforms do integrate with Facebook, which means you only need to set up and manage your listings in one place. Um, and it also means that customers can browse and buy in one place without having to go to a separate website. So you can run Facebook ads to your Facebook shop or Instagram ads to your Instagram shop so that people can buy within the platform. And certainly actually within Instagram, Instagram, even if people click on a shoppable post or an ad and they go through to buy your product it goes through to your website but the website actually opens up within Instagram so within the same sort of browser window so I think that's quite nice as well is that sometimes people don't want to leave wherever they are to go and buy something um, in terms of the downsides so as I mentioned before you'll need a Facebook business page to set up a shop in Facebook and you'll need an Instagram business account with a connected business Facebook page if you want to sell there um, so that might all sound I hope it doesn't sound too technical and um, I, I think it's fairly straightforward I certainly managed to get mine set up without too many issues or oh, I do know that people do um, but I do think you know this is probably something that you can get a little bit of help on if needed um, I find that it's actually quite hard to get engagement on Facebook now. I don't know if anyone else has had an experience. I certainly do. So I guess one thing you might want to think about is if you weren't already thinking of setting up a Facebook page for your business, you know, if, if Facebook isn't the channel you use, wasn't one you were planning to use, you have to think about whether you want to and whether you have the time to keep up with a social media channel because you don't really want to have a business Facebook page with a shop on it if that's the only content. Um, I honestly don't think people I could be wrong here but I don't think anyone's particularly going to be happy to hand over their money and buy from a page that's just got a shop and absolutely you know nothing else on there unless of course maybe you have a link through to you know your business website which has a bit more information um and I think it's also probably not the only place you'd want to be selling because unless you've built up a good following and a good reputation, I don't know how likely it is that someone will buy something from someone they've never heard of on social media. Um, I think I could be proven wrong here. And in fact, I bought something off a company on Instagram the other week that I'd never heard of. So perhaps um, I'm, I'm completely contradicting myself. Um, but then again, they had lots of social proof. So they had an Instagram page with like 30,000 followings, followers, um, you know and a bit you know they had a website that I went through to where you could see reviews they were on Trustpilot um I guess what I'm saying is if you're first starting out this sort of thing might be a little bit harder and again that's not to put you off that putting you off is never ever my intention with any of this I just want to make sure that you think through what you're doing because you know whatever marketplace or marketplaces you decide to sell on is an investment of time and probably a bit of money as well and so I think that you know I just want you to have think about everything that I've said and then before deciding which marketplaces are right for you and which you're going to go ahead with I think you also know you do need to go and do a bit more research on your own so I think this episode is hopefully a really good starting point to give you some ideas of the places that you could sell that might work for you for your products um, and how you want to run your business and you can now go and have a look at them further 
in the blog post for this episode i've also put lots of links to information about selling on various marketplaces so some of them are links to posts on my own website where i've you know had experience selling somewhere and i can actually talk from experience and share some best practice and hints and tips and things like that and some of the links are to you know help pages for various sites you know, designed to help you get started there um, also remember that it's definitely possible to sell in multiple places. Um, it's also possible to try something and see if it works and stop if it doesn't, assuming you haven't put in too much investment, that is. Um, and if you're feeling unsure or perhaps overwhelmed after this episode, first of all, no, that's not my intention. It's never my intention. Um This is quite a long episode, but I wanted it to be quite comprehensive. I just wanted to give you lots of you know honest information um and realistic as well i think i'd always want to be you know be realistic with you and honest so that you can think about where you want to take this next but if you are feeling really overwhelmed i would suggest picking one marketplace plus your own website because again i think every brand should have their own website and start there the thing is you can always add in more channels as you go so at the moment i think i sell on about well, I think I sell on about six different marketplaces. There are ones I haven't mentioned, so I sell on um, a site for sustainable products, for example. Um, that didn't all happen overnight. I started off just selling on my own Shopify store and on Amazon. I then sort of over time started to sell in other places. Um, there were some marketplaces that I sold on a few years ago that I don't sell on now simply because, well, for various reasons, I don't think it's worth continuing and you just you know you can stop things at any point i think the main thing is that you start somewhere so i would pick a marketplace that sounds good to you that would be a good fit for your product i would then do some more research into it to see if it you know if it is a really viable option um and then just you know get get started there and remember that you can change stop and change at any point so I really hope that episode was helpful. I'm aware that it was a long one. There was a lot of content. It might be one maybe you want to come back and listen to. Um, maybe a time when you can take some notes. Um, as I say, there is a, a really detailed blog post to go alongside this as well, which covers everything we've spoken about if you prefer that format. So as always, thank you so much for being here. Please do remember to rate, review and subscribe to the, to the podcast and uh, tell all of your friends. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to look forward to seeing you next week where I have another fantastic interview to share with you. And until then, take care and um, have a fantastic week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.